I'm Mark Saldana here with John Coombs, who is one of our awesome founders in Batch 10. I keep forgetting what group you guys are in. We have so many batches now. You're in Batch 10. Uh, Demo day is pretty close, but I want to talk about what you're up to and Rover, which is your company focused on iBeacon technology, and you guys are doing a lot of really interesting stuff. So thanks for being here, John. Great to be here. Thanks, yeah. Mark. And I learned a minute ago your last name is pronounced Coombs. Correct. Not like Sean Puffy Combs. Not, so that's not an easy way to remember Easily it. confused, but but we are, we are different. You are Canadian, <laughs> yes. Yes. Cool. So just to get started, how did you start Rover and sort of what, what was the inspiration behind building that company? Yeah. So, uh, you know, Rover and what we're doing with Beacon is really, it's it's interesting. It's kind of a, a product of the things we, me and my co-founder, Sean, have done in our previous career. So we've all, always been in the in the retail and loyalty space, which is really about how do you make the customer experience better and how do you influence customer behavior? When, I, you know, when you're shopping in a store, um, what is it that gets you to buy more and what is it that makes you more loyal to one brand over the other? And so... You know, traditionally, that's about giving people coupons or points and, and influencing behavior that way. Um, but, you know, with, with new technologies like iBeacon, we now have like the technological foundation to deliver content to customers, you know, w depending on where they are. And so you can actually make the customer experience better because um, you can be more, more informed about the purchases that you're making. Um, and retailers have the opportunity to... to influence customer behavior. So it's really uh, inspired by this this uh, continuation of what we've done in the past. What were you guys doing in the retail space before? Yeah, we worked mostly in loyalty space. I mean, my, my, my background particularly was very much in the, in the sort of idea of how, you know, consulting in a retail and the loyalty capacity, which was around, you know, this whole idea of influencing customer behavior. And like I said, traditionally, that's been points and coupons. I was kind of getting bored with the whole uh, points yeah. and coupons game and, and thought that, you know, technology was a little bit more exciting way to achieve the same kind of thing. What are your thoughts on tech companies out there? Because there are a couple of them that basically mimic the old school sort of like loyalty coupon format just on a device. Like, what are your thoughts yeah. on that? I don't know. I can't think off the top of my head, but I'll see them sometimes like when I go into a coffee shop, they have like an iPad up yep. with an app that you can sign into. I've never done it. Yeah. And then I keep getting ads on Facebook for something called loyal, loyalty Lo blocks block, or something. Blocks, yeah. I don't know what those are. Yeah. Like, what are your thoughts on that approach? Well, I think um, I think that loyalty is, has evolved. I mean, when, when loyalty programs first started, they originated out of the airline industry. And so you got these points, these air miles or points for, for flying. Um, and then you could use those to get flight upgrades, etc. You know, and the concept of points has really taken off in the last sort of 20 years where there's a points program at every every time you turn the corner, another store has their own points program. And so what has kind of happened is that the, the points and loyalty programs have been a little bit devalued. They don't have the same traction and influence they once had. Um, and, 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 you know, it, it, people, people do like to collect points. There's definitely, you know, a cool element to that. But um, in a world where there's a thousand different loyalty points out there, um, they don't have the same influence that they once did. And so you kind of have to look at, it's not just about points when you're trying to connect and influence a, with a customer. It's about, you know, giving relevant content. And we can get into it, but I think Beacon really allows for 
more relevance and more improving of the customer experience and less just here's some points by this. Yeah, yeah. So before we get ahead of ourselves, what is iBeacon for people who absolutely do not? Most, yeah. I, I'm assuming most people <laughs> listening sort of know at least vaguely what it is, but say grandma's listening and she has no clue what Beacon is. Like, how would you describe the technology to her? Yeah. Well, I mean, in many ways, beacons are, are kind of like um, what GPS is. So, you know, we, we all know we're familiar with our maps, whether it's on our phone or, or uh, GPS in our car. Uh, the GPS is the technology that allows uh, us to, to um, see what, like a map in the context of where we are. So there's a little dot and it's like, this is where you are and this is what's around you. And in many ways, that's what Beacon does on a micro level, sort of two inches to a hundred feet level of, of range and specificity. Um, and you're able to deliver content to uh, any app based on where someone is. So a little beacon is just a, a piece of hardware, small piece of plastic that can be placed around a retail environment, for example. And um, it can be used as a trigger to deliver content on a phone based on where you are. So if I'm shopping and I'm standing in the bicycles aisle, um, there's a beacon there um, and the content on my phone should know that. So it's going to show me bicycle information, for example, as opposed to stuff about gardening. Yeah, yeah. So what was your biggest uh, technical challenge building Rover? Because it seems like a very technical thing to build, yeah. right? Yeah, it's it's an important question because um, a lot of people, beacons are, are very hyped, they're in the media, there's lots of noise around them, and a lot of people are, are using them in some, some way or another. Um, for us, it was about making sure we got the customer experience right. Um, it's, it's very easy to build something with beacons. It's very challenging to build something really good and, and that delivers a great customer experience with beacons. So... I think the the challenge that that you know we've spent a lot of time on is what's all the logic that goes into delivering a very good experience for a customer and not a spammy experience for a customer. So if I'm walking through a store that has some beacon related offerings, I better not be getting a push notification every 10 seconds in every yeah. aisle that I'm in because that's annoying. Um, so making sure that you know we we had a good keen eye for good UX design and good engineering logic so that if I wash, walk past the same beacon twice, I'm not getting the offer twice, I only get it once. This kind of thing around delivering, making sure that the technology is used to deliver a great experience, not an annoying one. Yeah, it's one of those things where it, when you get it the first time, it's really cool, but the second sort of it repeats itself or it becomes not useful, then yeah. the technology becomes really, really annoying and just intrusive, right? Totally. And then you just end up kind of turning off and disengaging. And yeah, so. it's almost like, I mean, I think beacons are super cool and I never thought QR codes were cool, but I have to say, I remember when they first came out and I like scanned a couple, I thought, this is really interesting. Then I thought, I don't care enough yeah, it didn't give you. to like yeah. to do this over and over this is incredibly stupid yeah um so how did you guys get your first customer how did you get the first person using your technology yeah so uh it's very much like a kind of a theme throughout our business it, it, it our first customer is, is a loyalty-related um, customer. We talked about loyalty a little bit earlier. I mean, we really understood that world, and so and we had a lot of relationships in that world. So we were able to, you know, I think sell sell a vision of a business that was very aligned with what the um, what a lot of the, the companies that are doing these loyalty programs were looking to do. Essentially, loyalty programs that that issue that do these points currencies or do couponing solutions, they are in the business of providing solutions to retailers that help influence and reward a customer. And ultimately, that's that's what we're building. Yeah. And so there's a great natural alignment there. Um, you know, a lot of the a lot of these players are not looking to do things in house, so they lean on startups, and that's kind of where we came in. Yeah. So what, in case no one has picked this up, you do have a bit of an accent because yeah. you're from Canada. <laughs> um, so what is it like? We've had a couple Canadian companies in 
uh, our accelerator program. We've actually had a lot over the last couple batches. Um, so what is it like being a Canadian startup? You know, what are some of the challenges of building a company outside of Silicon Valley? Are you from Toronto? Yes, we okay. are Toronto. Yeah. yeah, most of the companies that come here are from Toronto, and or I know that there's a program there called Extreme Startups or something yeah. that a few people know about. Yeah. Um, so yeah, what is that like? Um, you know what? It's uh, I think I think when you look at at the what the startup world is like in Toronto, I mean, it's a lot of the same, similar things, just on a smaller scale, right? I mean, the community's a little bit more tight knit in that respect. It's not as massive, so you kind of know all the companies, and so there's a little bit more. Um, I guess it's more of a small town feel in that regard. Yeah. Um, but you know, I think being being from Canada and being in Toronto and, and building a business, it's 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 got its it's got its benefits, its pros and cons. I think one of the one of the great things is is you know a lot of people come to San Francisco and to the Bay Area to be in the spotlight and to be right in front of those VCs and and it's a very competitive and under the microscope type environment. And so you know sometimes there's a, there's benefit to be able to sort of be um, off the radar, so to speak, and and you know building something, getting a proof of concept with a retailer, and then when you're really ready to scale globally come to the market come to come to uh, to the Bay Area and and dial things up yeah and one issue I've seen people run into is that sometimes they'll have these really awesome customers but they're in Canada and Americans you, people in the United States just yeah. don't know Canadian right. companies so have you had issues maybe communicating yeah. traction I don't know if it's an issue you've had where you like have awesome customers but they have yeah. to be Canadian brands like how do you communicate that maybe to like investors and explain to them like this is actually a legitimate company they're just north yeah <laughs> yeah exactly um you know we, I, I think we are there we're fortunate that some of our our uh, relationships are North American wide and global so we're able to to talk about those um but I think it's just about how you frame things um you know if you look at if you look at say a women's clothing store that we might be you know that'd be a client of ours you know you can just frame it in the context of it's a 450 chain 450 location women's retailer um, and women's clothing retailer and so you know you just kind of have to frame it up a little bit like that and um, yeah I I think it's the same is true for it's funny because you know we're neighbors north north and south neighbors so we we kind of talk about this but there's you know 175 other countries or whatever around the world as well and they probably face the same issue when they come here too right there's lots of obscure European countries that I'm not familiar with for sure it's just Uh, funny to me just because you know Canada people are close like culturally pretty close obviously speak English with a, a slightly funny accent, I have to say. <laughs> or about. Uh, yeah. Um, but it's just interesting, you know, there's a lot about, I think, the Canadian startup scene that people don't know about. Like, I've learned a lot over the last couple, like, I would say six months, having companies come through who are from Toronto or Vancouver or whatever. Yeah. It's really interesting. I mean, one thing that I think is really awesome is I can tell the Canadian startup space, um, people in that space are very supportive of each other. You mm-hmm. know, even people sort of like in the media are really supportive of Canadian startups, right? Yeah. Like, they get really excited whenever a Canadian company comes to 500 startups so that's that's a cool thing about it um so what are some of the things you know you mentioned that iBeacon is really hot right now Mm -hmm. especially like with Apple and other companies taking up that technology um what are some of the things in the space that you're really excited about and maybe you know how companies or brands will start using the technology in interesting ways yeah, I think to you know to, to touch on that, it's it's kind of about maybe looking at beyond retail. So we talked about the retail use cases. This idea that what's on my phone should be reflective of the products that I'm looking at, but that of course goes goes far beyond retail. And one example I, I bring up is you know you go to a museum and you have that dirty little headphone that you put on and you <laughs> press the buttons as you walk through the exhibit. Um, that's a very 1980s style experience um, it as it relates to walking through a museum. And so what if there was a beacon? 
peeking under that piece of art or that um, you know that carving or whatever you're looking at, um, and as you approach it, you might see a video of um, of that particular you know artifact being created or or something in enhanced content. I think um, there's a lot of ways to complement the real world environment using mobile devices that are smarter, um, and so. You know, if I'm in if I'm in this museum and I'm walking around, or if I'm looking at a piece of art, it, it's nice. To, it's, it's a lot better of an experience to um, to have the content on my phone be reflective of what I'm looking at. And um, you know, you, you're seeing this with with sporting uh, venues like Major League Baseball is using beacons to improve the you know the ballpark experience. So if I'm in outfield in the outfield at Yankee Stadium and there's a statue of Babe Ruth and a beacon there, I can walk up to that statue and maybe see him hitting his last home run yeah. um, at the park or that kind of thing. I think the exciting piece about Beacon is that you know we all we talk about experiential marketing and improving the experience, and I think um, I think there's a big opportunity with Beacon to do that. Yeah, I've actually heard of a couple of companies popping up. I don't know if they're using Beacon technology to do this, but they're focused on sort of concert experiences and making them more context relevant for people there, but also like providing data to Ticketmaster, whoever, yep. about like where, you know, big festivals, like where are the people, you know, where did they spend the most money on beer? Where did they spend the most money on hot dogs or whatever? So it's it's interesting to think of th like sort of uses outside of just retail, like you said. Yeah, festivals are great examples. Um, festivals, conferences. I mean, there's the just a lot of data. On there and people don't yeah people aren't using it right yeah it really boils down to i mean all, the only things that you need for the mix are is there an app and are there people is there content that matters based on where somebody is and then it's kind of endless in, uh, in terms of the opportunities cool um so one thing i want to talk about is how you guys just launched a developer marketplace with yep. open source sdk which is really exciting so what was the rationale behind you know going that developer route and getting tools out there for developers yeah this is the uh this is the the kind of classic startup uh learning of you know you 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 put something out there you learn and you iterate based on what you see actually happening so this idea that you know get things out in the market start doing stuff and see how people are reacting um and what feedback you're getting and then make your product um a, you know reflective of interest and what people actually want <laughs> as opposed to build, building something in isolation so what we saw was um, we were selling at an enterprise level and talking to retailers directly, but we, we found that we were getting a lot of organic inbound traffic from developers who were looking at what iBeacon solutions were out there. And, and essentially, they're, they're either building their own apps or they work at an agency or they're a developer inside a retailer, um, and they're, they're interested or tasked with figuring out what's this Beacon thing all about because... You know, the reality is Beacon is just a piece of hardware um, and, and the, the promising, powerful customer experiences that everyone envisions, there's a big gap between hardware and a great customer experience. And so um, there's a lot, of, a lot of developers out there looking to figure out how to bridge that gap. Yeah. Um, and so we had a lot of inbound traffic and we talked to a lot of developers and they were really looking for ways to get up and running with Beacons. And so we launched the Developer Hub to, to make that easier. Yeah, and one interesting thing about it is you you mentioned to me before that there's just not a lot of like beacon literacy. So this is sort of a way to get tools in people's hands so they start understanding what to do with the technology. Right? Exactly. Yeah, we've got we've got some demo apps, we've got um, some videos and great documentation. So you know, no matter where you're at as a developer, whether it's just a, a, a fun little side project or or you're you're a big agency looking to do something for a major retailer, you know, you're able to um, both get up and running and deliver something, but also to um, showcase what beacons can do rather quickly without doing a lot of development work. 
cool. All right, I saved the toughest question for last, <laughs> and that is, what's been your biggest failure? I know there have been, everybody has a ton of failures, <laughs> you know, doing a startup, but what's been your, sort of your biggest failure learning, and how did you overcome that? Yeah, I think, I mean, when you're, when you're doing a startup, when you're, you know, running a business, your, your scope of things that matter is, is huge, right? You know, your day will consist of, everything from administrative tasks to huge client side things to raising money and and there's a lot on your plate and so I think it's important to um, and it's a place that I've really had to step up in, in terms of prioritizing and setting setting defined periods of time for what you do yeah. you kind of have to compartmentalize you, you got to deal with what matters but you also can't deal with absolutely everything at every minute of the day and it's very easy to kind of spin your tires and and accomplish nothing because you have so much to do so one of the things I think I've improved on it certainly was has been a mistake was taking on too much trying to do too many things at the same time and not actually compartmentalizing or saying okay I need to focus on this yeah so park that for a second um, and, but you know I think I think that's something that we all we, we all go through and so um, it's certainly being improved upon <laughs> yeah I think especially coming into um, sort of the Silicon Valley scene if you're not you know, if you're from another city, yeah. you get bombarded with one trying to network a lot. And then also you get a lot of feedback that contradicts, um, you know, you'll get feedback from two people that completely contradicts uh, what they're saying. And then both people, you know, you think are experts. So then you have trouble sort of figuring out like, okay, who's right about this, that's, right? So it's a lot of learning. That's a good point. I mean, there's a ton of great advice, but there's advice that might be very contradictory and you kind of have to figure out for yourself what makes the most sense for your business. Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, thank you so much, John. If people want to check out Rover, they can go to roverlabs.co. Correct. Um, and then there's a link to the developer hub right on the homepage. So definitely check that out if you're into building Beacon apps. Thanks so much, John. Thanks. And best a lot. of luck at Demo Day next week. Thanks, Mark. Thanks, Mark.